guys. Welcome back to another episode of Porn and the Gospel. I am your host, Spencer Sutton, and uh, I'm glad to be here with you. I uh, usually record these podcasts uh, early on a Saturday or a Sunday morning. I did not record one this past week, and the reason why I didn't is because I was helping facilitate a marriage conference. Uh, no, not a conference, a workshop. It's from my friends at Marriage Helper, and it's a, it's a, it is a workshop for marriages that are in crisis. This is the same workshop that Allison and I went to back in 2013. And so I am trained to uh, be at one of the, the breakout leaders, and it's, it's just been great. I mean, it's great to be back in uh, connection with, with Marriage Helper and uh, to get to know uh, the new staff that they have. I mean, I worked with them in 2014. It was a very uh, rewarding experience to me. I, I, I have a tremendous amount of respect and love for my friend Joe Beam, who started this uh, ministry. And so the great thing though, let me tell you, this is the, this was, I came back and this is what I've been telling people about my experience uh, there. And I, and I, I did this earlier in August as well, but for some reason, this one really hit me this week is that what I love about being involved in this uh, workshop is that everybody who is there knows one thing. Okay, so there were probably 25 different couples there in some varying degree of crisis in their marriage. Uh, it, it, I mean, some of them, uh, plenty of them were, um, there were affairs that had, that had been had. Others were, you know, on the verge of divorce. Uh, I had a couple in my group that was divorced, uh, regardless. But one thing that everybody there knows is that we're all screwed up. That's it everybody screwed up. And so nobody comes there. Nobody comes to this workshop with, um, you know, just a lot of pride saying, I've got everything put together. I've got it all together. I know what I'm doing. And so everybody comes there with some sort of brokenness. And honestly, it's a beautiful thing because we can all look at each other and I can raise my hand and say, man, I'm just as screwed up as you are. Like, I'm just as screwed up as you are. And, and don't we spend so much time trying to convince other people that we're not screwed up, that we don't have problems? I mean, we spend tremendous amount of time and energy trying to convince people that, you know, we have our stuff together. And it's just not the truth. So when you're around a group of people for three days, it was all day Friday, all day Saturday, half a day Sunday. When you're around those people, uh, it's, it's just refreshing because people are there and saying, you know what? I need help. I need help. And isn't this as, as men? And, and so what happened? Let me get this straight. What happened to get them in a position where they raised their hand and said, said, I need help. Like we need help on our marriage. Well, some type of crisis, some type of implosion. And a lot of times that's what it takes in our lives. Some of you have experienced that. Some of you have had a somewhat of a, maybe even a mini implosion where your wife found out that you were looking at porn or, or something like that, like something came out and, and there was this mini crisis, this mini crisis. And so what do we do a lot of times is we 
we we have that confrontation we have that um you know i like to call them collisions we had that collision and then what do we do we we convince them that we've got it taken care of and we really don't and so there's this impending doom that sits out in our life and we feel it we feel it we're like when is the other shoe going to drop like when is this all going to be found out and so it's just a beautiful thing when you get together with people who are like you know what we've screwed this thing up and we need help and as guys we struggle with that so bad just raising our hands and saying you know what especially if our wife doesn't have a clue about what's going on. We struggle with raising our hands and saying, you know what, sweetheart, I've got a problem. Then let me tell you what it is. I want to talk to you about this. I'm going to be very, very vulnerable. I'm going to, I'm going to open myself up here and I just need you to listen to me. I need you to listen. I don't, you know, you're not really going to understand completely, but what I'm really asking is, will you, will you be there with me and walk with me? as, as, um, I beat this thing as I get help. So that's why I, I didn't, there was no podcast last week, but here I am it's Saturday morning and man, this one's been on my heart for a while. And I, I really wanted to share it with you guys because so many times what I see in men is we absolutely minimize we minimize the impact, the, what we believe is the impact that porn has in our life. We minimize it. We, we, we try to shrink it down to make it just minute and small. Well, this is just a problem I struggle with once every other week or once a month. Or uh, many of you I know that I've spoken with have struggle with it almost daily. But, but yet you, you kind of shove it down and say, you know what, this is not that, this isn't a huge problem for me. I've got it under control. I've got it under control. Man, dangerous, dangerous thoughts. So what I want to do in this episode, this podcast is I want to walk you through two major issues that we have with pornography, that men have with pornography, that I had with pornography, how it impacts us, and how it impacts us across four areas of our life. Okay, so the four domains I'm going to talk about are our being, which is our spiritual life. How does porn impact our spiritual life? How does porn impact our body? So being and body. How does porn impact our business? So that's the third one. And then the fourth one is our balance, which is our family. So there's four Bs. Those are the four domains. Being, body, business, and balance. I'm going to walk you through those. So Two major, two major issues we're, we're facing. I'm going to walk you through the impact. And then we're going to look at scripture. Like, man, from a biblical viewpoint, what is the, there's, there's, we have a massive, massive problem. And the great thing is, guys, like, we don't have to live like this. <laughs> we don't have to live like this. So let's get into it. So the biggest problem that we face struggling with pornography is the problem of shame. And we all know this, right? So if you've watched any of, of, of um, 
I'm trying to think where, where the training is, where I've talked about the circle of insanity. I'll do it on a podcast. It's a very visual thing. So I'll have to figure out how to do this on a podcast where it makes a lot of sense, but I'll do it. But it's this, it's this circle of insanity where a man gets triggered, right? So there's triggers that come into our lives. And then the person tells a story. So when we get triggered, we're always telling ourselves a story. And a lot of times these stories are stories of justification, stories of entitlement. And so for an example, well, if my wife and I were having more sex, I wouldn't have to do this. So a trigger, and then you start thinking, well, porn might be a good solution. And then you convince yourself through these stories that, hey, this is what needs to happen. And then there's a ritual. And the ritual um, is something that uh, almost every man does. And once you get to the ritual uh, part of your acting out, then there's no turning back almost like 99% of the time you're going to follow through with it. And then there's the actual act the uh, looking at porn, masturbating. And after that is done, where does it leave you? It leaves you in this pit of shame. And so shame is like, if you're going to write this down, like shame is at the top of the page. This is the number one issue we face as followers of Christ when we look at pornography. And so let's look at this from these four domains that we operate in every day. So how, how does pornography impact our being or our spiritual life? Well, we know this. There's no confidence with God, right? There's no confidence with God. What else? Well, we're not fulfilling our calling. Most of us that struggle with pornography are not walking in the true purpose of our calling. Like we're not, we don't like shame shrinks us back and we're like, I don't have any confidence before God. Therefore, I can't truthfully say with my heart, this is where, this is my ministry. Like this is what God's calling me to do. So we don't fulfill our calling. Our prayers are weak. Like our prayers are weak. We know this because we, we, I mean, we struggle to come into the presence of God because in the back of our mind, shame is telling us, just think of what you just did last night. Look at what you just did a few minutes ago. You can't pray to God. He's not going to accept your prayer. So shame does this. What else? Like we literally lose authentic spiritual leadership we, we, you know, think about God's called us, called men to serve the church, to serve the church. And so authentic spiritual leadership, this is something I struggle with, a, you know, for a big time, because I'm like, man, God, why am I, why are you calling me to serve in church? Why are you doing? And so there's all, there's all these questions, this wrestling with this, and I couldn't be authentic. I thought I couldn't be authentic. And then lastly, it's just, because there's no confidence with God, shame keeps us distant from God. Like we feel this distance and almost every single man that I talk to about this issue, this is something that they say. So all of these things, this is how shame impacts our being, our spiritual life. Well, how does it impact our bodies? Man, think about this guys. Sedating with porn and living in shame wrecks your body with stress. Like it, there's stress, the stress of getting caught, the stress of being found out. 
because there's this cognitive dissonance that we're wrestling with. We're acting outside of our belief and value system and we're struggling. And so our body is constantly stressed about getting found out, getting caught. What other issues do we face in our body? Well, you lose interest in sex with your wife. You have difficulty becoming aroused or achieving orgasm without pornography. You have intrusive thoughts, fantasies, images of porn during sex, becoming sexual. I mean, this is the thing. Like, you have difficulty connecting love and caring with sex when you look at porn all the time and masturbate. You feel sexually out of control and compulsive. And you actually, this is the amazing thing, is you actually have a growing dissatisfaction with sex. Not to mention sexual dysfunction, inability to orgasm, delayed ejaculation, erectile dysfunction. All of this is what's happening to your body. So what about your business? Well, you can't lead yourself. So how can you lead others effectively? A lot of men are preoccupied with porn and sexual fantasies at work. You can't contribute 100%. Uh, just think about that. Like You can't contribute 100% to your work like you should, like we're called to do because you're preoccupied. And your creative ability to produce and to thrive at work diminishes. It does. So it's, so think about this porn shame impacts our being our spiritual, our bodies, business. And now what about balance? Well, obviously shame and lies bury your intimacy with your spouse and intimacy. Intimacy is one of the key. So there's a model called the triangulation of love. You can look it up and the three components to a truly, truly fulfilling relationship, like love relationship, consummate love, three aspects or commitment, passion, and intimacy. And shame is going to keep you from being intimate. If your wife doesn't know that you currently struggle with this, you, you two are not intimate together. And this intimacy is not sexual intimacy. Guys tend to look at intimacy as something that we do, but it's more of a, it's more of a feeling like, I know you, you know me fully, and we're fully accepted. That's intimacy. Think about this. You can't lead your son or your daughter in discussions about purity because you feel like a, a hypocrite. Right? So this is how it impacts your family. So shame is a major issue, and it, and it, trickles down into all areas of your life that you may not have even recognized or realized before. So what does shame lead us to do? Well, shame leads us to our next biggest problem, and that's isolating and hiding. Isolating and hiding. How many of you who are listening here are hiding, are isolating, are not raising your hand, or not reaching out for help, who are not talking about this proactively? Guys, sharing is a shame killer, but when we feel shame, the natural tendency is to run and hide like Adam and Eve in the garden, like Adam and Eve in the garden, and God had to come looking for them. That's grace. That is grace, and I will tell you, even today, 
God is hunting us down because he wants to, he wants to overcome shame with his incredible love and grace and mercy. And so what does isolating and hiding do to our spiritual life? Well, we don't have vision. We can't have vision. We can't see or hear. So think about this. We can't see or hear God clearly when we're hiding. We don't have any fellowship with him. And if you want passages to go with this, like go to 1 John 1, 5 through 10. Like it talks about hiding in the darkness. But when we confess our sins, we have fellowship with him. When we walk in the light, we have fellowship with him. And the blood of his son, Jesus Christ, cleanses us from all sin. It doesn't say that we're sinless. It says, but when we're walking in the light, when we're not isolating and hiding, when we're walking in the light, oh my goodness, his blood cleanses us and we have fellowship so I can have fellowship. I'm not hiding. I have fellowship with my wife. I have fellowship with my fellow, with my brothers in Christ. And I can say, you know what? I can raise my hand and say, I'm messed up. I'm not perfect. Never will be. And I'm not going to pretend to be. What else does isolating and hiding do with our spiritual life? Well, we sedate with pretending and performing. That's what we do. We put on a show. Or we try to work our way into God's favor. Well, if I serve on enough committees, if I go on enough mission trips, if I give enough money, that's performing. Or I pretend. And how do I pretend? I pretend by blaming other people. I pretend by comparing myself to other people. I mean, how often do we love to get on a, you know, on our, uh, what do you call it? A soapbox? <laughs> that's what they used to call it, a soapbox. How often do we like to get up and, and point at everybody else? Like we will get on the biggest political kick so that we can point our fingers at somebody else so we don't have to look at ourselves. We will point the finger at all the problems of the world without looking at ourselves. It's easier that way. It's easier for me to look at somebody who I can look at somebody who goes to jail because of it came out that they were, you know, they were looking at child porn and I can say, man, I'm not like that guy, but yet really you're just a few steps from that. I would rather point at the child pornographer than look at myself. That's what hiding does. What does it do to our bodies? Well, think about <laughs> a lot of times we either give up on our bodies and we just have zero self-control when it comes to exercise, when it comes to nutrition, we just give up on all of that. And we're like, ah, it doesn't even matter. We sedate because we're, we are filled with shame and we're isolating and we're hiding. We just eat and eat and never get exercise and just think this body, it doesn't even matter. It makes me feel good to eat and watch porn. I'm just going to, I'm just going to give in to every craving that I have, because you know what? I'm just, nobody, nobody cares. Nobody needs to know. Or we go the other way. We overcompensate with our body because it's something that's easy to control and easy to measure. We, maybe we focus too much on our body. And we think this is, this is how I have control in my life is I can exercise. I can eat well. I can do all of these things 
to make it look like my life is in control, to give me some sort of control, because really it's out of control. Really, I have no self-control. Really, when it comes to pornography, when it comes to masturbation, I have zero control. What about your business? Well, usually in business, when we're hiding and isolating in our personal life because of porn, a lot of times we're running from accountability at work. We're not telling the truth. We stop telling the truth. We don't want accountability in our work. We're liars and we know it. And then what about balance? What I've seen in guys and what I experienced is true with me is we sedate. When we sedate, we sedate because our family is falling apart. It's easier to sit and watch TV than to have meaningful, deep, like intimate conversations with our wife and talk to her about what's really going on. Like our, our marriages are barely hanging on and we're not investing in our wives. We're not investing in our kids. We're completely disconnected. Now the outside world doesn't know this. They see us coming to church. They see us, you know, <laughs> they see everything looks, looks fine. And then all of a sudden, which is really amazing because all of a sudden, you hear about someone getting a divorce and you're like, wow, how did that happen? They're such a, they were such a great couple. No, they weren't. They were pretending. And most of that pretending is because the man will not step up and get vulnerable and determined to build intimacy in his marriage. And so it starts to fall apart. It starts to unravel. And that's what we see. I mean, I just literally, Last night I was at a football game um, and a, an old friend came up and we were talking and he asked me, he said, did you, well, did you hear about so-and-so? I was like, no, I hadn't heard about anybody. And he said, yeah, um, he's, he's had, you know, a couple of people that he's been having affairs with and it just all came out and everybody would have thought perfect marriage. Everybody would have thought there's no problems, success, material success career success, like everything looked perfect and beautiful underneath unraveling. So this is what shame leads to. It leads to isolation and it leads to hiding, which ultimately is going to lead to a complete destruction of your life. So is this the life you want? That's the question I want to ask on the podcast today is, is this the life that you want for yourself, but also for your wife and your kids? Like, I know my son, he's 19 years old. He's going he's gonna to finish college before I know it, and he's going to be all starting his own family. Is this the life that I want for him? I determined, no, that's not the life I want for him. He even asked me last night as we were driving home from the football game, Dad, when are you going to retire? What are you going to do? And I was like, son, I'll never stop. Like what I'm doing here, <laughs> helping guys get free from their struggle with pornography and masturbation. Like I won't ever, I don't ever see a day where I'll stop doing that. Lord willing. Now he can call me home. I mean, if he wants to change that, then he can, but I can't ever see a day. Now think about that is like, if we are not being honest about this issue, then, then we can't live 
with genuine authenticity. And we don't want that. We don't want that. So what are some other impacts that pornography has? And just, I'm just want to, I'm just want to stop here and think about our spouse. Like, think about this guys, as I'm thinking back to this marriage helper conference, there's no doubt statistics show that, um, a majority of those guys are struggling with pornography. This is not something to talk about in the, in the conference, which, you know, that's not what they're there for or the workshop, but think about this. Many of you listening to my voice right now are having struggles in your marriage. So think about this. What is this impact, this shame and this isolating and this hiding with pornography and masturbation? What is it? Think about your relationship with your spouse. It's marred by dishonesty and deception about your porn use. And you're scared to death to talk to her about it. Why? Because your wife views pornography just like cheating as infidelity. And maybe she knows about it. So maybe she's increasingly upset and angry about it. And so that causes you to shrink back even more. Then what happens is your relationship deteriorates due to a lack of trust and respect, right? Ultimately, then your wife starts getting concerned about the welfare of your kids, your children. Like your wife then starts to feel sexually inadequate and threatened by porn. So what we do, like we think that porn is only harming us a little bit and only for these few moments that we do it. But what we don't see is the, what, how porn impacts our wives. They feel inadequate. They feel weak. They feel less than. And then ultimately, like we've just been talking about, there's a loss of emotional closeness and and forget mutual, mutual enjoyment of sex. So a study was done on like thousands of pornography um, videos and a vast majority of them don't even show the woman coming to climax. And so what is that teaching us? It's teaching us that it doesn't even matter. Like the woman doesn't matter. It's all about us, guys. It's all about us. That's it. All right, so what happens, though? What happens to a man who's free from porn and free from shame, and he's free from hiding? What happens? So that was the problem. Well, think about this. There, when there's no more shame, this is a beautiful thing, guys. When there's no more shame, we have confidence before God. Like we have a humble and thankful confidence before God. You live out your calling and your purpose. And what does that do? That brings you joy in Christ. Your prayers flourish. Your spiritual leadership strengthens. And you have a relationship with the Lord that is active and alive day to day on a daily basis. This is what freedom from pornography looks like with no more shame. What about what about in your body? That's what it looks like, your relationship with Christ. Now, what about your body? Will you experience the peace in your body based on two things? There's no more fear of getting caught, and there's no more cognitive dissonance, right? Think about that. The fear of getting caught, you don't, you don't carry that stress anymore, and there's no more cognitive dissonance. Your mind and your body can operate how they were designed to. There's peace there. And then in business, 
you're leading yourself, which means you're, you have confidence to lead others at work. Your contribution skyrockets along with your creative ability. You can confidently ask for a raise or start a business or start a ministry or whatever you feel like is your next step is. I have a, have a friend who, um, somebody that I have been coaching that is walking in freedom and has been walking in freedom for months now. And he started his own business. And this is one of the things that, that he reports. He was like, man, like I would have been, because it's very, very stressful starting a business. Right. So he said, I would have been extremely stressed out, freaking out because of all these things that were happening before he started it, all these things that had to fall into place. He said, but man, I've just got this peace. And he has this peace because he knows he's following God's will. But when we're hiding and isolating and filled with shame, we just don't have any confidence in that. So he was able to start his business. And man, he has just complete peace that this is exactly what he's supposed to be doing. So what about your family? Man, you talk about a change. How desperately does your family need you to lead authentically and with conviction in the home? Man, my, my daughter's 16 years old. I, I get to have authentic conversations with her without, without feeling like the biggest hypocrite or fraud. My son, like I get to talk to him openly about these things and talk to him openly about his dating relationships. Like the world not to mention your son and your daughter, they don't need another Christian hypocrite. They desperately need a warrior in the home, like fighting for them. And intimacy with your wife skyrockets emotionally, spiritually, physically. No more issues in the bedroom. So, guys, this is... This is, this is uh, you know, to me, these are the things that men don't think about. The impact that pornography has on them. The shame, this hiding and isolating. And so when there's no more hiding and isolating, just think about this spiritually. What happens when there's no more hiding and isolating? You get to have a vision and a purpose in your life. Like you see it. Jesus, on several occasions, told the disciples, lift up your eyes. Like, look, the harvest is ripe. Lift up your eyes. Like, like see with the vision that I see. I want you to see people as I see people. And you can't do that when you're hiding. Think about this. Fellowship with others. You have fellowship with others, and you can... Fulfill the law of Christ, which is bear one another's burdens. Bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ, which is loving God and loving other people. Think about it. You can go to Galatians 6, 1 and 2 and read that. You have no more fear because you have nothing to hide. You lean on the power and the work of Christ and not on your performance. Your body becomes a temple. Like you can treat it as a temple. Like as 
as God intends us to treat it. Like we are to be good stewards of our body for his glory. Not trying to overcompensate or not trying to sedate and, you know, just give, give up on my body. I mean, all of these things are very, very important. So I'm going to close with this. This is what I want to do. I want to close with talking. I'm going to pull up scripture here. I'm in still in Hebrews. And I just want to read these passages and let's talk about this real quick. Hebrews 9, 19 through 22 says this, for when every commandment of the law has been declared by Moses to all the people, he took the blood of calves and goats with water and scarlet wool and hyssop and sprinkled both the book itself and the people saying, this is the blood of the covenant that God commanded for you. And in the same way, he sprinkled with blood, both the tent and all the vessels used in worship. Indeed, under the law, almost everything is purified with blood and without the shedding of blood, there's no forgiveness of sins. Guys, this is talking about the difference between the old law, the old covenant and the new covenant. The old covenant just pointed forward to the day when Christ would come. And Christ shed his blood on the cross to give us peace with God, to give us fellowship with God. So that we would have no more shame, that we would not have to run and hide and isolate like so many of us do. Like Moses... Moses spoke the words of the commandments to the people. They heard his words. They entered into the covenant. And this is what they said. Let's, I'm going to read this from Exodus 24. Then he took the book of the covenant and read it in the hearing of the people. And they said, all that the Lord has spoken, we will do and we will be obedient. And Moses took the blood and threw it on the people and said, behold, the blood of the covenant and the, that the Lord has made with you in accordance with all these words. Man, think about this. The, the people heard what, it's like they said, God, we hear what you're saying, and we're going to obey your commands. You will be our God, and we will be your people. We will uphold our end by obeying you. And guys, we haven't upheld our end. The children of Israel didn't, didn't live up to their end of this covenant. They didn't, and we can't, like we can't. So, you can't run and hide. Like Christ shed his blood on the cross to give us fellowship with God. And what porn does is it, it's, it pushes us away. It, it, it causes us to feel shame and run and hide. God is not shaming us. If you look throughout scripture, Jesus never shamed the sexually broken person. Never once. But let's keep going. Let's look at what happened when Moses threw, he took the blood and threw it on the people. And he spoke those words. This is what happened. Then Moses and Aaron and Nahab and Abihu and 70 of the elders of Israel went up and they saw the God of Israel. And there was under his feet, as it were, a pavement of sapphire stones that like the heaven for clearness. And he did not lay his hand on the chief men of the people of Israel. They beheld God and ate and drank. How amazing is the scene? How amazing is the scene? 
Like this covenant, this old covenant was sealed by the blood. And then immediately they had fellowship with God. They ate and they drank in the presence of God. But it was because of the shedding of blood. And this was not the perfect blood of Jesus Christ. This was the blood of an animal that didn't remove the people's sins. It covered their sins. But just think about that. Just think about that. We just look and think of that scene, and it's like, wow, the, they beheld God and ate and drank. This, so in our sexual sin, in our sexual sin, the shame and the isolating and the hiding, it doesn't give us that feeling of intimacy with God, which we so very much desire. Like we desire it. I mean, this fellowship is what David wanted. Think about David when he sinned with Bathsheba and Nathan the prophet finally came and confronted him. We have his psalm in Psalm 51. What does he say? He says, purge me with hyssop and I shall be clean. Wash me and I will be whiter than snow. Hyssop was the plant that Moses and the priests used to make the brush for sprinkling the sacrificial blood. Like David was saying, in effect, sprinkle on my sin the blood of Jesus Christ, and I will be clean, cleansed whiter than snow. For the people that day in Exodus, they entered into that covenant, but they weren't able to keep up their end of the bargain. And the felt their fellowship with God and his presence did not last sin after sin, rebellion after rebellion, blood upon blood. The people did not live up to their end of the covenant. They didn't, they couldn't yet. God did not abandon his people and God today is not abandoning you. You feel that way. That's what shame does to us. Back then, the shedding of blood covered their sins for a time, and it was always pointing to the blood of Christ to come. So it was pointing to a time. It covered their sins for a time until the blood of a perfect sacrifice could be secured. So listen to what Jesus said in Luke 22. He said, and likewise, the cup after, and likewise, the cup after they had eaten, saying he took the cup and said, this cup that is poured out for you is the new covenant in my blood. So Jesus established a new covenant. Christ brought us a new covenant. He secured it by his perfect blood and his disciples did what? They shared a meal with Jesus. Just like the elders did in Exodus. They sat and they ate and they drank and shared a meal with Jesus Christ, the son of God. And this blood that he was about to shed on the cross secured that fellowship forever for us. Like the blood of Christ was different. It was perfect. This is the blood that all the Old Testament sacrifice were pointing to. Like their sins needed covering, but Jesus completely removed it. And so think about this. This is Romans 8, 33 and 34. <clears throat> Because of the blood of Jesus, who shall bring any charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies. Who is to condemn? Christ Jesus is the one who died and shed his blood. More than that, who was raised? 
who is at the right hand of God, who indeed is interceding for us. Brother, let me tell you, even in your pornography struggle, Jesus is interceding for you. You have access into his presence, into the presence of God. He, the blood gives us that. Now, when we're in habitual sin, when we're looking at porn and masturbating, we don't experience the joy of that fellowship. That is true. That is true. But you can. Jesus entered the presence of God with his own blood so that you and I could enter his presence as heirs, as children, with no condemnation and no sin to separate us. Like we can have fellowship with God. Our spirit communes with the Holy Spirit and we have peace through his blood. And just think about this, guys. One day we will sit and eat with our God. We will behold him. We're not going to look at the bottom of his feet. We're going to look at his face, his radiant glory. Moses had to have his, couldn't see God's face. We will. And guess what? In heaven, we're going to see the mark of the cross everywhere because without the shedding of blood, there is no meal with God. There's no communion. There's no inheritance. There's no eternal salvation, no indwelling spirit, no power over our sin. But because the blood was shed, brothers, you and I have been given a gift, and it's the gift of the Holy Spirit. And this Holy Spirit is mighty to sanctify us. He's more powerful than Satan. He's more powerful than our sin nature. And if we will give ourselves to him, we will experience freedom from pornography. We will 100% experience freedom from pornography, from, por from, from masturbation. And what is that going to do? Well, it's going to impact all four of those areas, all four of those domains. Your being, your body, your business, your balance, all four of those domains we live in every single day. Ultimately, it's peace and it's fellowship with God. We start to renew our faith. We have stronger faith. We walk with purpose. And what, what's very interesting and what I love about Psalm 51 is that David prays. As David's praying and writing the psalm, he's like, Lord, restore to me the joy of your fellowship. And when you do that, I'm going to tell other people about the way. I'm going to tell other people about your goodness. I'm going to share it. I can't keep it in. Guys, I, I believe that there's many of you listening to my voice that when you experience freedom from pornography, you are going to help other men find freedom from pornography. This, this could be your ministry. This could be your purpose. I don't, I'm not saying it is, but we are called to bear one another's burdens. And is there a greater burden on men than sexual immorality in the church? Is there a greater burden on the body of Christ than sexual immorality in the church? I don't know. Like if we really knew the numbers in our own churches, in our own relationships. All right, guys, listen, I want to ask you a favor. Would you do me this favor? 
So uh, I would love for more men to find this podcast so that they can hear truth from God's word, like the gospel, how the gospel has power over pornography in our lives. And so if you would give me a review, not me a review, give the podcast a review if you found it helpful, like a five-star review. And if you would write out a comment. Now, listen, I get it that some of you don't, maybe your name is your Apple ID. I don't know. Mine is, I think. No, 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 mine's not. Mine's SLS2 Labs. But I know that some of you may be scared. Well, who's going to see me commenting on this? Well, I mean, listen, then don't comment. I'm asking you to, I'd love for you to, but then just hit the five stars. It helps other people find it. This is the way people will find it and listen to it. And so if you found it helpful, then I hope you would do that. And if I can ever do anything for you, then reach out to me. You can reach out Spencer at naturalpornkiller.com. You can go to the web, our website, naturalpornkiller.com. We have free resources on there. We have a free training. We have a blog. Um, you know, we, we really want to help men. I definitely uh, want to help guys uh, walk in freedom and um, yeah, have a, a, a God honoring, God glorifying life. We're never going to be perfect guys. Let's, I'm going to fit. I'm going to end the same way I started. We're all screwed up. Okay. We're all screwed up just the other day. I'm was writing a journal to my son. I've got a journal. I'm going to give him on his birthday. I've been writing in it this year and um, his birthday's in February. But one of the things I just wrote was grant. I want you to understand we're all screwed up. And so what this is, what this should do is you need to give yourself some grace and give other people grace. And we need to hear that. Like we need to hear that we're all screwed up. And so it's okay. If you came to me and said, Spencer, I'm screwed up. Guess what? I'm going to say, yeah, me too. <laughs> me too. So let's, let's lock arms. Let's go to war. Let's go to war with ourselves. Let's go to war for the sake of God's glory in our lives and our homes. Spiritual purity is war, gentlemen. All right, guys, that's it. And I will, I'll be back next week. Well, 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 hold on. I've got the, this big race coming up next weekend. So I'm going to, uh, I'm going to try to uh, record a podcast before next weekend because I'm, I'm behind one. All right, guys, see you on the next episode.